0: amazing stories and the purpose of this podcast is to collect those stories from the people that live there. Where We Landed is a podcast that recognizes our whole history told by the individuals that live and love this small Indiana community. Where We Landed is supported today by Marion Design Co., a social design studio whose mission is to create sustainable design solutions to magnify the powerful stories behind organizations, businesses, and individuals. We believe good design should be accessible to everyone. Our clients include Marion Health, Mississippi Schools, Princeton University, the City of Marion, and more. With a combined 46 years of professional design experience, Collaboration is critical to our empathetic design solutions through graphic design, interior design, placemaking design, and design thinking. Whether it is branding, marketing, space planning, commercial, or residential interior design, or strategic design thinking, Marion Design Co. will hold your story with care. Located in downtown Marion, Indiana, reach out at hello at MarionDesign.com. Dot co. Find us at www.mariondesign.co or on Instagram and Facebook.
1: A word of care: The topic of suicide is mentioned in this episode. Please use caution when listening as this topic may trigger distress.
2: Welcome to this week's Where We Landed, where we are speaking to people in our community about how amazing it is to live and love this Grant County community. I am Alicia Hayswood. Today, Iris and I are tag-teaming, just the two of us. Heyo! So we do have Iris in the studio with us. So
1: you guys are in trouble.
2: Dun-dun-dun! <laughs> and I'm behind the board, so we have no idea how this
1: is going to go. Well,
2: when the cats have-
1: away, the mice will play. <laughs>
2: I have no training on the birds. So anyway, um, we are excited for today's podcast. And Iris has the questions today. I've some
1: things I want to know about. I want to know about. So first of all, um, and Alicia is going to introduce her, but I just have to say I'm going to call you Mrs. Whitaker the entire time some habits just don't go away okay so fifth iris. sixth seventh grade eighth grade iris is you're just mrs Whitaker. that's it that's all that's well, all i can thank do you. <laughs>
2: i'm all. gonna call you jocelyn I was about to say, you
3: can also call me jocelyn
1: uh, th- thank you for releasing me and i will try but it probably won't be that way but i want you to answer these questions too so okay. um so the first one is what is your favorite thing to eat for breakfast you could have anything for breakfast. What are you gonna get? And the calories don't count? Yeah, no, they never count. It's uh, it's free French free toast food. French toast, yeah. like made at home or from a like place. my dad's French toast. Oh, okay. yeah,
3: yeah. for me, it would be probably a waffle mm. with a hot cup of tea because I don't drink coffee. Oh. I never have. I love the smell of coffee.
1: Just never drink it.
3: I don't drink it. Uh, I drink it at Christmas, and usually uh, there was a ritual when I was growing up as a child. My dad would sit all of his eight kids around him. There were nine of us, and my dad's son lived with his mother and my grandmother and my um, mom and dad. And we would sit at the table, and we would have a tin cup with Two ounces of coffee (laughs) laced with bourbon.
2: We gave all of you guys coffee. With bourbon. You missed it. With bourbon. bourbon.
3: (laughs) And it was about two ounces. It was more um, watered down, but we thought we were big time. Oh, you were grown. Because we were at the table, and this was only done at Christmas. Uh Because drinking wasn't allowed in my uh, parents' home. But at Christmas, that was a ritual, and we were all around the table and holding on to our little mugs and drinking coffee. We were big time. And (laughs) I I even did that with uh, when my parents were alive, we did it uh, with the grandkids and so on, because that was our time where we thought we had joined the adult.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Oh my gosh, that's that's such fun story. So mine would be um as I I see the uh bread theme here with us or you know Carb theme. Um, mine would be. Um, I, There's this place in Indy. It's called Cafe patachou and they have this mm-hmm. cinnamon toast. It's just a brioche cinnamon toast, but I love it. It's like my favorite. If I'm ever anywhere near it, like that's I'm where getting, you're going. I'm getting cinnamon toast for sure, <laughs> for sure. But that's. I think that's also like a connection too, because like my mom used to make a cinnamon toast, and I always thought it was like something yeah. like so super special, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it was just
2: cinnamon, was like, <laughs> sugar, and toast. <laughs> it was,
1: but like we loved it. We loved it, girl. Growing up, well, um, I did. I did. I loved it a lot. Well, you answered my next question. Um, Kind of. Kind of. Um, It's what's your favorite place to get coffee or tea? In Grant County. Let's do that one. In Grant County. Favorite place for coffee or tea?
2: Well, yesterday
3: I was at the Abbey Mm -hmm. and uh, meeting with a friend. And um, I was... I'm sure everybody thought I was a snob because I don't drink coffee. I love the smell of coffee, mm-hmm. but I do not like just that can't after it. bite on my tongue, after I just don't like it.
1: I think she's not drinking the right coffee. That's <laughs> what I think. Well,
3: yeah. uh, probably just plain old Folgers in a tin uh, <laughs> the Folgers. Uh-huh, kettle if I were to drink it, but I don't.
1: Yeah. What about tea? What's your favorite tea?
3: as long as it's a dark tea okay i am not into the green teas and so on i like a robust like the tea. black tea like i a like Earl a Grey. black tea mm-hmm. and uh it does not have to have anything in it just mm-hmm. black tea and if i put something in it my preferred choice is honey
2: honey Mm-hmm. yum Yum. And favorite place, because as everybody knows, I love um, coffee and <laughs> teas and warm drinks. So I'd have to say probably my favorite place to go is either Sender or Payne's. Mm. Sender, because it's just so convenient for all the years that I worked at the United Way. I wanted a coffee shop downtown. Sender mm-hmm. opened and so I could walk to grab something and give me a break. I could walk there, get something, walk back to the office. Um, and pains because it was just always so unique when yeah. I started there, when they started, it was just coffee and custard. Mm-hmm. And then, um, as they added the, the true British food menus yeah. and stuff like that, I kind of got into that. So those are probably my two favorite places in Grant County. Um, cause we all know you don't Iris like to pick favorites. So I find <laughs> it funny you picked a favorites question.
1: Um, I have a very distinct favorite on this one, though.
2: All right. What's your yeah. favorite?
1: So mine is, um, well, I do love coffee and I will never turn it down unless it's like four o'clock. If I drink coffee at four o'clock, we're all in trouble. and we will be up until the next day. <laughs> but and and I prefer just a black coffee. I know I've I'm growing up. <laughs> rapidly rapidly growing up um but my favorite it's um the it's mocha java is what it's called and it's at midwest so it's my favorite um and like i said i just drink it black but it doesn't have the bite so that's why maybe maybe i need to get to some you can try it yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. because
2: that's if i had to pick my favorite Co- like place to get coffee like coffee beans for home mm-hmm. it's midwest. midwest yeah i get them well and they it. roast They're them so there too they roast their own beans there so it's mm-hmm. really really nice
1: yeah good stuff so yeah okay
2: well with those questions out of the way i'm excited because i'm gonna t- i can tell we're not gonna have any trouble having a conversation <laughs> with our <laughs> Guest today, I um, got uh, the opportunity to invite Jocelyn Whitaker to come and be on the podcast with us today. She's a longtime educator. Um, I joke with her regularly as she is my favorite Democrat. Yes,
3: I'm proud to be a Democrat.
2: <laughs> as many of you know, I have identified as a Republican for many years, though so I'm questioning some of those decisions recently. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> as Jocelyn rolls her eyes over here. Um, uh, But she is one of my favorite people. You never know where you have to worry about where you stand with her. She'll let you know uh, what she feels and where it is and what she thinks. And I appreciate that about people. So I'm excited to dig in a little bit more into you today. And to find out, uh, we always start with our very first question, which is how did you land here in Grant County?
3: Well, I went through a divorce after being married 11 years. And two miscarriages and a uh, son who's the same age as Iris and one of Iris' friends, (laughs) she and her husband, Paige. Uh, My son is William, better known as Will Whitaker Mm -hmm. these days. And uh, we went through that. I stayed a year. I had taught in the evansville Vanderberg School Corporation for 15 years, and I had my administrator's license. I got my first master's within two summers of graduating from college. And uh, I thought, well, you know, the American dream, you get married, you stay married, and uh, you have a family, and that was uh, the thought. But uh, life happened, and things changed, and when they did, uh, my world changed with it. And by that time, uh, I had a child to support, and uh, I worked on my second master's, which was in public school administration. And I had been doing a lot of the, at the time I left Evansville, the last five years, I had worked with Dr. Jack Humphreys with the Eli, uh, Lily. Middle school initiative in mm. which was literacy. And Iris can tell you, we were very <laughs> strong into literacy and math. And, uh, we went from a low scoring, uh, school and improved it. We had every social economic, um, sphere that you could find in the county. But all the kids looked the same. You didn't know unless you knew what somebody's parents did for a living. You didn't know we probably had one of the richest farmers uh, in Grant County at McCullough Middle School at that time.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You
3: did not know some of the poorest kids were at McCullough. You, the kids were kids mm-hmm. and they were a family. And that was the nice thing about the South Side And when I moved here in 1990, I had a son who was in the third grade. We moved uh, to the north side, and I rented for two years on the north side. And then the third year, um, we had a gas leak in a house I was in, and I made up my mind. I said, it was by the grace of God that the house did not blow. And my son, Will, had a uh, he was involved in PAL Club, like <laughs> all parents at that age. <laughs> right? You lived and breathed yeah. the PAL Club and sports. Yeah. And so uh I had picked him up and I went to go in the house and I saw these waves and I saw sparks. And I stopped at the door and I told Will, I said, step back slowly do not do anything that would start a fire. And I said, go get Cheryl. And Cheryl was my neighbor, and she was also the janitor at Kendall. I said, I believe, I said, do you smell that smell? He said, Mom, he said, something is wrong. He said, look at the waves in the uh, sky around the door, and we could see it in the house. And when I saw those waves, it was gas, And the gas was rising and the clean air was at the bottom. And Cheryl came over and Cheryl said, slowly step back, Jocelyn, do not go in there. And she called her husband and he called the fire department about this time. Here's the fire and the police. And they knew immediately it was a gas leak somewhere. And had somebody come along with a cigarette or slam the door yeah. probably would have exploded. Wow. And so that made me decide to get up and find a house that I wanted to buy. And that's when I bought on Valley yeah. in 1993 and have been there ever since.
1: So that was, that was the, the moment, huh? mm-hmm. That was when you put your stake and started putting some roots.
3: I would say that probably was because uh, I'd even contemplated contemplating uh, the idea of maybe even traveling Mm. because when we first moved, Will uh, was on a hockey team. And uh, he had played hockey from the time he was three years old, the six seven kid. He was not six seven, but he was the tallest, skinniest kid. <laughs> I
1: was going to say, I did great. not know that he played hockey. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: He was on a traveling team. <laughs> okay. And at the time, um, the places that had the hockey team in the state of Indiana was Evansville. And that's where we were moving from, Indianapolis. Fort Wayne, the Indianapolis was Mm -hmm. Carmel. And then there was one uh, on the Gary, the northern shores up right outside of Chicago. There were four. And he had been on ice, the only minority black kid on ice for since the time he was three. Every Sunday we spent uh, four hours with hockey an hour getting him dressed, (laughs) and so on. Because at that time, Will was very uh, tall and thin. He's always been tall for his size. He did not move and expand until we got to middle school. He was overly tall for all of his classes, and he was a year younger than everybody else when we moved. So we looked at uh, what could we do? And finally, I just told him, I said, there is no way we're going to spend four hours on the road, two nights a week, plus all day Sunday. Yeah, that's a lot. In a arena. Lot. Mm-hmm. You know, you want your kids to have advantages, but some advantages are not the best mm-hmm. when you look at what's going on. And so I said, okay, I said, let's find out what is in Marion for you mm-hmm. to do. And that's when he started, uh, got involved with the PAL club and so on. And uh, from that point on, it was through the ranks because he did not play football until he got to McCullough.
2: So how as a mother, especially at this time, then a single mother Mm -hmm. moving into a community, how did you go about figuring out Or finding the PAL club or those kinds of connections to get him involved in?
3: Well, uh, my first year I was the assistant principal out at Justice. And I started talking to uh, the parents since we live north also at that point. uh, What were the activities for kids? And my mother said, do not forsake my grandchild for your career moves. Mm. And, uh, she said, now she said, he's been through t- three traumatic situations. A move.
2: Mm-hmm. He's divorce. been taken, uh,
3: uh-huh, the divorce and you finding yourself. She said, don't lose him in finding yourself. And I realized that was very important. So, um, I put down at the time I had been, uh, I worked for the villages of Indiana also and had been a foster parent. Um, uh, the villages tried to get me to move to Marion with two teenagers who were, and I guess that's why I'm so strong on kids and learning and dealing with kids who are having problems. Both of them had been placed, uh, in Evansville and both, uh, one was suicidal and, uh, um, He finally um, killed himself, and Mm. the other young lady um, has had issues. She's been out in and out of rehab and has three kids. But the young man um, took a gun to himself, and that's all I'm gonna discuss with that. And uh, both kids said, we would've done whatever you said to stay with you. And so that taught me something. And Villages even contacted me and said, Jocelyn, will you? I said, no. I said, I have a third grader. I said, I have a new job. I said, and my focus has to be him. Yeah. I said, I think it's a little much for me to handle right now. Had You know, knowing what I know now with wisdom and change, I would have gone back and done it. Sure, but absolutely. you don't know that yeah. when you are moving in. And, you know, when kids are in a placement like the village, they're there because they need people. And it's so very hard for people to understand why we've had so many suicides through COVID. But when people are isolated, whether yeah. they're kids or adults, that's a hard thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are each need to be connected. Yeah. We, uh, The threes for me are always engagement, education, and then empowerment. That engagement means connecting, relationships, uh, reaching out and touching someone, raising the level of awareness. Before I can teach you anything, you have to relate to me and understand yeah. that I care for you. And I found that out and moving with a uh, third grader thinking he needed all my attention. He needed them. They needed him. They all needed me. And at that point, I did not know if I could handle all All of these things coming at me now that I know the type of person I am, I could have. But at that point. I didn't know.
2: Right. And, and what age were you at that point when you were making that shift?
3: Oh, 39. Okay. And so I had to make some decisions. And, you know, I and my mother uh, afterwards, my mother said, you did the right thing at the right time.
2: Yeah. You can only do the best you can and with a, the information you, you
1: have. have. Yeah.
3: And so, you know, it taught me a lesson. Uh, so when I went into the high school at Wayne, I understood what kids were going through at that age. I knew what middle school was like, the range of the strains.
2: So you were in admin at Justice and at McCullough, mm-hmm. and now you're saying Wayne. So what happened in the transition of you being in Marion to then being in what well, a Fort Wayne school, correct?
3: Yes, I lived in Marion the whole time, nine years, and I drove every day. I never spent a night in Fort Wayne. I was up on the road uh, by six o'clock every day. So In we the, have
2: we have lots of conversations with people that drive from out of town to Marion to work at like Indiana Wesleyan and stuff like that.
1: Not a lot where they live here, but drive somewhere else. Yeah, yeah.
2: so yeah. how do you feel, since you're the flip of that coin, I'm always like, why don't they just move
1: here, right? <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: The flip of that coin is, do you feel like you were connected to those kids in that school system without living in yes. that environment?
3: Yes, okay. because I spent the bulk of my day yeah, <laughs> pretty much there. Yeah, And the people at WBAT could tell you I would call in when they had the songs and said, <laughs> whose were these? And, they, and Tim the George would say, <laughs> Jocelyn is on the phone this morning. <laughs> there were about three listen. of us. Yeah, And I always listened. Uh To find out what was happening. To still stay connected um, here. To stay connected. Mm -hmm. I resigned from all the boards and everything that I was on the nine years I worked in Fort Wayne because I was involved with boards and activities in Fort Wayne. Wayne. Um, I was a high school liaison for the Community Foundation of Fort Wayne. I served on the Arts Commission as the high school principal when I was there. So those nine years were spent doing those things. And people saw me on Sunday because I continued to go to church mm-hmm. uh, in Marion and I was here. And William, by that time, had transitioned uh, from college into the NFL and so on. So I was doing uh, many things, keeping up with his life mm-hmm. and following him. When he was at Michigan State, and then also keeping up with the kids at my high school. And the kids knew because they saw me in the hall first thing in the morning. They mm-hmm. said, she's here. <laughs> and I said, yes, I am. And Iris can tell you, yeah. I was like that at McCullough. She was there. I truly mm-hmm. believe that uh, people in leadership need to be seen yeah. by the people they are uh, working with, whether it's their clients, their students, their constituents.
1: Yeah, hmm It's important to show up. That's what people, that's really what people want from you. They just need you to show Show up
3: up. Mm -hmm. and they want to know that you care. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's a positive because if you talk to anybody in town about Ron Mallory, there are a lot of things people didn't like about Ron, but what was one thing that Ron did? Yeah. He made the rounds every morning to see the people who were in city hall. Mm -hmm. That sounds like a small thing. Yeah, just it's to walk around huge, and say good morning is, yes. is
1: big. Mm-hmm. Good morning. Hi, Hi, I see you. Mm-hmm. I see you're here. You know, I appreciate you. Thank you. And mm-hmm. then go on. Yeah, That's
3: a huge thing. And I found that when I was a classroom teacher, when I was working with Eli Lilly through the middle school initiative and the things there. And then uh, when I uh, left, the corporation, because when I first transitioned out of uh, Evansville, uh, I took a leave of absence, and they allowed you three years. And at the end of three years. I resigned and they offered me a job afterwards. And I said, thank you. But no, thank you.
2: So what kept you in since you were talking about uh, Will was transi- transitioning from high school to college, college to his pro NFL career and then career life in general. Mm -hmm. What kept you in Marion? Yeah.
3: Well uh, his stepfather was here and he still was at Dana. He's now dead. And uh, we were together 15 years. Mm -hmm. So. um,
2: So you had roots here kind of through through him.
3: him. I had roots here through him. We had the house here and everything. And this. Uh, people in Evansville thought that Williams should say Evansville was home, but Williams said no. Home was Marion. Marion. He said, I was born in Evansville. I moved to Marion, uh, in third grade. This he is says, what he remembers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is what he remembers, even though he had a grandmother and a father in, uh, Evansville. Evansville. So is that where you're originally
1: from? Are you originally from Evansville? No. Okay.
3: I move uh, originally. I'm from a place called Blackfish Lake, Arkansas, which is between West Memphis and Forest City on old 70. Okay. And my family still owns the farm that uh, I was born on and grew up on and so on. The high school I attended is no longer there because there are no people there are very few people um, farming still. Okay, And our farm has gone through a lot of transitions. We had some people who uh, rented the property out. We've had marijuana growers. We've had a meth lab grown (laughs) in which two people were killed. They sweated on the On the lab, and it blew, and so (laughs) and so on, and you know, uh, so finally now we are growing trees, and we have a wetland.
1: Gonna ask what Mm -hmm. what kind of trees?
3: Uh, We are growing oak trees. Oak trees. Mm
1: -hmm. Interesting. Steve's got family. So
3: I uh Mm -hmm.
1: i'm gathering you have eight siblings i heard you say that
3: eight living siblings there were nine of us
1: there were nine total okay Mm -hmm. um so and growing up so you grew up on the farm so is that what your parents did they did the and what were you growing then when you were growing up
3: okay my the farm came through my mother my mother was third generation educator okay and um she taught school and so on. And her first husband, who is my older brother, when my parents uh married, they had each a son and they brought their two children and became a blended family. Then they had seven of us. My mother had me at 35 and the last child was born at 42 and he was the baby. Yeah. And in 1995, he was killed in the line of duty. He was a sheriff's deputy, and you might remember all of that trauma. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, his children, he had a four year old son who has never quite gotten himself together after that. And uh, my niece was born the next April. Okay. He was killed in September, and she was born April 2nd. And I saw her at Christmas. We get together um twice a year. Usually around the fourth of July this year, William and Jennifer, my daughter in law, hosted the family reunion. So there were thirty thirty-eight of them in Indianapolis, the Noblesville area from all over the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, and we are trying to decide what we're gonna do. And at Christmas, we were in Memphis. The weekend before Christmas, we, there were what? 28 of us in Memphis, and we, uh, 20 of us stayed in one house. And so that was fun.
1: That's a lot of people. Did everybody have their own room?
3: <laughs> well, we had one of those rooms, big cabins. And, uh, we had uh Airbnb uh, and uh downtown uh Memphis and those people who wanted to go for jazz and blues could. Yeah. Those who wanted to go down to Tunica and gamble could. Yeah or over to uh, the racetrack to see the dogs and the horses could. So, you know, it was something for everybody to do. But we had the annual fish fry and then uh, open gifts and the house that we rented was decorated and so on. And I have a niece who... Uh, is in the Memphis area. She came down and we just opened gifts. And Will's son and my great niece were the two youngest. We had a almost three-year-old and a four-year-old. And the rest were the teenagers, the 15 and up. So we had a good time together because it's very important that my mother always felt that children should be in their own homes for Christmas so that they could open their gifts at yeah. their house. Yeah. And that's what, even as William was growing up, we did that. We either celebrated with them before or after, after. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. because that
3: was a very important. You open those gifts at your house. There are rituals that you do at your home.
0: Yeah. Where we landed is supported today by Marion Design Co., a social design studio whose mission is to create sustainable design solutions to magnify the powerful stories behind organizations businesses, and individuals. We believe good design should be accessible to everyone. Our clients include Marion Health, Mississinawa Schools, Princeton University, the City of Marion, and more. With a combined 46 years of professional design experience, collaboration is critical to our empathetic design solutions through graphic design, interior design, placemaking design, and design thinking. Whether it is branding, marketing, space planning, commercial or residential interior design or strategic design thinking, Marion Design Co. will hold your story with care. Located in downtown Marion, Indiana, reach out at hello at mariondesign.co. Find us at www.mariondesign.co or on Instagram and Facebook.
1: Can we I just want to circle back to something that you said mm-hmm. earlier, and I feel like um some of our listeners definitely would be able to relate to this, but I also feel like Alicia and I could relate to this a lot. I heard you say you said something about um you know, when, when your mother told you don't forsake your grandson for your career, I would definitely say, and I'm not putting words in Alicia's mouth, but mm-hmm. I, I feel that they're, you know, they're as women, mm-hmm. right. Um, who and are this working, is
3: national women's month. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, women that work in this community, I would definitely say, you know, serving in important roles and doing, you know, jobs with, you know, great responsibility mm-hmm. and mothers it's right. How, you know, how, What would be those words of wisdom that you would share with someone, you know, like myself or like Alicia that are trying to like figure out how to find that balance?
3: Number one, I'd say find a higher being. I believe in God. I'm a Christian. I have no problems admitting that I am a Christian. Mm -hmm. Uh, The second focus would be your family. And even though I was married 11 years and went through a divorce, Family is still important to me, right. and my son it became the focal point. And things that he was involved in, like the PAL club and so on, and T-ball, all of those things were important, but I also understood that he was my first responsibility, And so anything that happened on Saturday morning that would be a social thing for Jocelyn Whitaker as an adult female was put to the side. Yeah, he came first. Mm -hmm. And uh, when his stepfather came in the picture, we made sure that it revolved around him. And the activities. They saw us, they saw me working in the concession stand. Miss Whitaker, you the brunt were you working in the concession stand? I said, what can I get you? Yeah. Yeah. I'm also the mama. Uh I I said, you know, and one guy said, I never thought I'd see you do this. I said, why not? I said, I had on my suit that I had gone to work in. I said, I'm a mom. Because you don't have
2: time to change clothes. No.
3: no. And, you know, I would go and take him to his uh, activities at the PAL club. And then I'd run back to the activities at uh, McCullough. At school, yeah. Uh-huh. And I would close, though I would run back, pick him up, bring him back. He did his homework in my office at the desk. Mm-hmm. When it was done, he came out. Yeah. But he knew those things had to be done. Yeah. And at that point, McCullough was a very family oriented. Everything mm-hmm. revolved around the kids at McCullough. And, you know, he was not the only kid that was brought back after school there. Or if he were playing at the PAL club, I knew. And if um things got out early. He knew he was to call me or they would let me know and yeah. I would run and pick him up. And then Get when him. his stepfather came into the picture, he took care of that. He would leave Dana in his work clothes <laughs> and everything and go watch his games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have to worry about what was happening to him.
2: So you were really able to develop a village. Yes. In this community that yes. kind of helped in all of those spaces. But it makes me wonder as where. Like you were saying, like making sure your kids, your family are the front and center of that. He was your only. So once he left the nest and you became empty nest, and I wonder this because I will have a senior and a Mm -hmm. freshman this fall. So empty nesting is happening. I can see it. I can see the light (laughs) at the end of the tunnel. What, how did you make that transition? What did that look like for you? Um, how did you have? And find your space now once there was no being the mom left.
3: Well, that was interesting because I was the mom even when he was in the NFL. Right. And his stepfather was uh, the father. And his dad had some huge issues with that. And William would tell you, he said, I'm like Shaq. He said, I have two fathers. Yeah. hmm he said, I have a biological father, and then I have a man who is there for me every step of the way. Right. Yeah. And that was very important. And I think that has been a transition in his own marriage because when he and Jennifer married for first start dating, Ivea, his daughter, uh, was three. She's now 15. Their child, William, who is the fifth, And there are only two of them living now, uh, turn uh, three today. Happy birthday, William. Tomorrow (laughs) is the birthday party and so (laughs) on. But uh, the whole thing is understanding who you are and who you belong to. Yeah. And I gradually moved back into the community and I did not join a lot of boards. I've been president of the NAACP, but mm-hmm. I'm on my fifth term, which is a two year term. So, and I am going to give it up because I do believe that when you're in a position so long, you brand it
0: mm-hmm. ah, yes. and
3: people that's depend important. on you. And it's important to have a succession, succession mm-hmm. after you and mm-hmm. to groom leaders. Because part of the issues that we are having with this generation right now is we have refused to pass the torch. Yes. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. I can't mentor you. I can bring you along with me.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And people, when I tell people that, they said, no, I want you to mentor. No, you don't want me to mentor you. Yeah. I can bring you along. We can sit and talk. And both of you know me. I am very big on talking and we talk through something. I don't want you to be a clone of me. Yeah, I want you to be better than me. And I saw that with my mom and my grandmother and what I know of my great-grandmother. And that was important because my dad only had an eighth grade education. But here my mom had hours on a PhD. Right. But my dad loved the land. And he allowed my mom to be the educator Mm -hmm. and so on. Did they have a perfect marriage? There are no perfect marriages.
1: Yeah, no such thing.
3: No. Mm -mm. But they had a mutual respect for each other and understanding who they are. And what they bring to the table is very important. So for me to be the woman I am, and I'm very strong. I'm not going to say I'm not. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody
2: would argue that point with you.
3: (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. And I'm not going to apologize
3: (laughs) for being very strong because understand in a pinch or in a war, I'll lead you out. Mm -hmm. And I would never leave you there, nor will I lie to you. And I, dislike with a passion people who lie Mm -hmm. tell the truth the truth shall set you free
2: well and you can't fix it if you don't know what it is is. either so that's that's, doesn't matter how ugly it is you can't fix it unless you know so right
3: and you have to decide can you fix something can it work and, you know, if it doesn't, that's all right, too. Yeah. There is nothing wrong with saying, hey, we gave it the best try. Yeah. And, you know, I look at it, I said, I've had two strong men in my life who fell short for different reasons. That was 26 years of my life. Yeah, And both of them contributed to the man that I have now. And I okay. think he's a pretty decent young man. For a father, and Iris can talk mm-hmm. about him as a friend, and so on. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's a neat guy. He has the best of all three personalities.
2: Mm-hmm. That's all you can ask for. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah,
3: What more do you want? And I think he's a good father to both yeah. kids. And, you know, he and Ivega, Ivea go through a love-hate relationship because he's the heavy hand, and she wants to be a girl. Right. Yeah. And it's hard being a girl. <laughs> yes. At age 15, it is not easy, but understanding what kids go through. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a part of growing up. Yeah. And, you know, they have a uh, both parents in the home. And I what I see, I'm not in the house every day. Mm-hmm. I am very pleased with what I see of him as a father and how he has turned out. And I think he has turned out as a good friend, both to his male friends and to uh, the female friends.
2: Yep. Yep.
3: And that, you know, that's something to say about loyalty.
2: Yeah. So with Marion being home, Mm -hmm. you've lived in a lot of different places What are some of your favorite haunts or places you like to go in Grant County?
3: In Grant County, as you Mm -hmm. probably know right now, I am working with uh, the Weaver Settlement. Yeah. And getting that historical marker there and remembering that history there, possibly working on... A new project that's coming through, and I'm not at liberty to discuss it, but it still deals with history Mm. because I'm a history buff. I love history. I love kids. So anything that is involved with that, uh, I like going down to the hostess house. Mm. I like going to the shops on the... um, Main Square. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I love ice cream. So Ashley will see me. (laughs) I love our library because I like libraries. I read. Mm -hmm. and We have a great library. Yes, we do. And we take it for granted. Mm -hmm. And it's a place to go. Uh, Tashima Davis, I think, is Mm -hmm. a jewel in itself because I can't draw worth a dime. That, no, but, but man her
2: classes are so fun.
3: Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm not an artist, but I appreciate art. Yeah. And I she'll appreciate. tell you
2: she'll tell you in class that if you say you're not an artist that you are. Yep. Yes. Just by she glowing. says
3: that. She tells me that all the time. She said, "Jocelyn, it's there." I said, "Baby, it's not there." I said, "But that's all right. I can appreciate it." say, right. that's
2: the I thing. I still come to class.
0: Yes.
3: <laughs> yes. And you know, understanding what we have. Because uh, D Thornton is a friend of mine, and Dee brought uh, two different groups up here. And I'll tell you something else that I am very proud of. I am very proud of what we have done, not just because Will's picture is down there quite a <laughs> lot, yeah. but I am proud of Marion High School and what we have spotlighting. not only just the athletes, but other people in our community. Mm -hmm. And when people bring a tour and they call me and say, can you do something? I make sure I take them to Marion High School. I show them the arts. I let uh, sports be the last thing. And I usually don't even tell them that Will is my son. I I tell them, see if you can pick out somebody that looks like me up there. <laughs> and one guy said, just right there. And he said he he had been pointing to the pictures, and then he said, L-. yeah. <laughs> and he was from Carmel, and he uh, laughed. He said, you did not say your son was Will Whitaker. I said, I usually don't. Mm-hmm. I said. You know, he has his own entity. I said, I'm very proud of my child. I said, but I don't push it down your throat. Right. I said, no. I said, because it's very easy to do that. I said, and I said, I am proud of him because I said, he came back to the community and tried. I said, now I said, I doubt if we'll ever get him back. I said, and that's all right. Yeah. Yeah. That's his story. I said, you know yeah. he has had some opportunities and he's turned down some things because he had an opportunity to go down to Alabama with Nick Saban. See, a lot of people don't know that Nick Saban, Iris knows, and <laughs> that his generation knows. Yeah, yeah. Nick was the person mm-hmm. who recruited William from yeah. Michigan State.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: He, yeah. you know, when he was at Miami with the Dolphins, uh, it was because of Nick. Yeah, and Nick has tried to get him to come. And when my niece was at the University of Alabama, William called and made sure Nick knew that she was there. And uh, she said, did you know the coach knew my name? It's always good to have connections. <laughs> and I said, which coach? She said the coach. The said, coach. I the said, only coach. <laughs> I the said, coach. Who? I said, who? She said, Nick Saban. I just laughed. I said, yeah. I said, uh, did he tell you how he knew who you were? Yeah. He she said, It's Will. <laughs> it's because <laughs> of Will he knew me. Aww. I said, yes. She said, how did that happen? I said, well, he said, just kind of watch out for him. Yeah. He told the coaches that were at Michigan State uh, who you were. She said, you know, and people just looked at me and they wanted to know how I was able to be in certain places. Yeah. I said, because of yeah. your. I guess it's all about relationships. More, uh-huh. She said, he's more like my uncle. I said, he is with you guys. I said, because he is what? The fifth of the grandchild of right. the 13. I said so I said he was there and see all of his cousins had a chance to go to Michigan State, just yep. like half of Marion had a chance <laughs> to see Michigan State <laughs> and also right. the Packers.
1: Yeah, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah,
2: absolutely.
1: So wait, you were, wait, oh, oh you go ahead. I was just gonna um, circle back um to you know, the comment you made earlier about being strong. And I just um, maybe to give you a glimpse into, you know, how potentially – you, you talk about your kids. You talk about your McCullough students. I was one of them. I was there all, you know, all four years I was there. You were my principal and I claim you every single day. <laughs> but, and
3: I claim you guys. Yeah, well, but I, <laughs> my I just, children.
1: I want you to know that like when you say you're strong or you say you're outspoken or you say the things that sometimes people don't want to hear. I need for you to know that that was modeled for me, you know, as a, you know, preteen you know non-confident you know you know adolescent just trying to figure out life but like that was the one thing that i always respected and i that you did model for me was that strong um piece um and one of the things i do want to make sure yeah one of the things i do want to make sure that i say here too so um also talking about um, saying things sometimes or asking questions or being that strong voice. Uh, one of the quotes that I just absolutely love it. And I don't know who said it. Like, I'm really terrible at these things. Like I don't remember <laughs> authors. I don't, but, but it has stuck with me and it is, um, accountability feels like an attack when you're not ready to accept the responsibility of your actions. That's true. And so that just sticks with me. So when, um, you know, people are willing to be vocal and willing to ask questions and willing to stand up and be like, but why? Um, mm-hmm. I'm like, I appreciate that so much. Um, and I want you to know that I feel like you've modeled that for me and I, I might think. not get it right every time, but you know, I appreciate, you know, someone that is being that voice and asking those questions. So well, I don't know that there was, a, I don't know that there was a question in that, but maybe more <laughs> a comment, but I, I just wanted to make sure that I shared that with you for sure.
3: Thank you. Mm-hmm. Because women who, are strong, are perceived. In a man, you are the captain of the ship. But in women, it's the second alphabet or that hussy or something else. But they are never looked upon as equal. Right. And, you know, I don't have to be an equal with you. But when I raise a question nine times out of ten and people have found that out, I already have my answer. But I want everybody else to understand what the answer is. Yeah. Uh, because, uh, Monday I was at the state house and I didn't get a chance to see Annie representative Vermillion, give her her (laughs) title, our Annie, but she saw me and I showed the picture to Iris and I was speaking on long-term care, the law that's going to come in 20, uh, 24, where a family member in Indiana can be paid for taking care of their family member. And that means that people will not have to go to maybe a nursing home. Mm-hmm. And if they don't go to a nursing home, how will that be paid? And I was addressing the issue. They're going to have to be paid a living wage. Yeah. Minimum wage will not do it. No, absolutely and not. minimum wage in this uh, time. And, you know, we've taken away SNAP and so on. They said people abused it. I don't think so. I think more, you know, you're going to have abuse in anything, anywhere you go. If you look for it, you can find it. Mm-hmm. But I do believe that be a belief in a higher being, most people are on the up and up and they're legit. And they are not trying to do it. Look at Grant County and look at where we are. Are we ranked fourth right now in poverty? It's still low. Yeah. I look at what I'm doing now. I'm engaging people with tobacco. I am educating, raising the level of awareness, and then empowering them. I cannot make an adult stop smoking. I can tell him about what will probably happen. Mm -hmm. I can tell him how his family members will suffer watching him uh, her die. And I can tell them what will happen. But with a child, I think... We have a captive audience, and we as adults should be engaging them, Mm -hmm. telling them, if you start vaping at age eight, you will not live to be 40, and your lungs are going to look like popcorn, Mm. and they're going to be black. I can tell them that there is a way. I do not agree with the stance we have taken with punishment of putting kids out for smoking. It is a habit. If we gain weight and we are obese, that is a habit. We don't put kids out for that. No. And so we need to have a community conversation about raising the level of awareness and how best we can help our kids because our kids are vaping and vaping is occurring in Grant County as young as age six. Mm-hmm. When a first grader tells his mom, I need $10 and he wants to buy a jewel." That is too young. Our kids need people who are responsive. And the newest thing is that's coming, and I just sent out an email to people about the fentanyl problem and the issues that we are having in Grant County. And fentanyl looks like a sweet tart. And on the only difference is it's not as pale as a sweetheart and it's a little bit larger, but it is in Grant County and hmm. our kids are being exposed to yeah. it and you could die from the first hit of that.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah So that's where our next drug uh, epidemic will come because it's here, and we have got to be talking to our kids and letting them know. This is not the way you want to live your life and what is happening.
2: Well, I am amazed I could sit here and talk with you for hours, but we've literally (laughs) talked for an hour. (laughs) So before an hour, already, I I know. So I (laughs) want to make sure that we give you the opportunity because I know you said you enjoy reading that we get your what you're currently or have read uh, watching or listening to. So other podcasts, music.
3: I'm going to be very frank, and I told Iris and Alicia that I really haven't listened to a lot of Mm -hmm. podcasts. I listen to Joe Madison, The Black Eagle in the morning early, and I listen to a lot of talk radio Mm. when I'm working and so on. Uh, Music. I love Billie Holiday's Strange Fruit.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: yeah uh I love history I was uh Saturday I spent the bulk of my day in uh at Martin University with the equal justice initiative with Tory and um Dr Alec Licklider down uh from um IU at Bloomington she's and talking so about on Tori Williams before. and looking at those things. I read a lot. Um, I've, I'm down to two magazines in my house. <laughs> and that's Southern Living and Essence Magazine. <laughs> and the newspaper. I still, still take get, the news I still get newspaper. the Chronicle. I want us to have a newspaper. It's very important. And I'm a news yeah. jockey at night or early in the morning. After that, I don't look, uh, listen yeah. to it the rest of the day. I'm working.
1: I want you to know you're the first person to bring up a magazine. No one else has said magazine. So. And when I go yeah. to the library, yeah.
3: I go to the magazine section. Yeah. And I belong to Sue Braden's, um crafts class. Okay. And okay. I crochet. And then when I tell people that, they look at me like, are you nuts? You, uh-uh. I don't believe it. But I do. I have eclectic taste. And what I read and what I do. Uh, At Christmas, I got uh, a pair of boots that uh, look like uh, a horse, uh, an Apache horse. And for my birthday, (laughs) one of my sisters sent me a purse to to match match it. (laughs) And so, you know, my family knows the things I like. Yeah. And I like unusual things, and I don't like looking like everybody else, (laughs) which I don't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I've uh, always been like that. And I like jewelry, but I like things within moderation, you can tell, Mm -hmm. and unusual things. And Mm -hmm. I like that about people. Mm -hmm. Like Fred Troxel and Ado Troxels are close, close friends of mine. Uh, Reverend and Mrs. Al Curtis Green, Julie mm-hmm. Green, the Greens are good friends of mine. Mm-hmm. I can laugh. I can talk with them. I'm engaged, uh, with, uh, some of the young people, uh, <laughs> and so on. And, you know, I have a strange group of friends because they range in all age, uh, Jandra, if you want to say, but they bring different things to the uh, yeah. table. Um, close, close friend is Adrienne Howard, yeah. nurse practitioner. Uh, she and I are very close, and, you know, it, it goes on and on. Um, my uh, in-laws, Diane R. Uh, Stargell, who is Jennifer's mother, when I fell on black ice, <laughs> And she came to the hospital, and the doctor said, "Uh, How do you know her? She said, That's my family. (laughs) (laughs) And he he didn't know how to react (laughs) at first. Glean Solomon and Charlotte yeah. Real, a friend, Fred Co- Coheep, yeah. people who are there. But then I have people that, uh, Cheryl Spikes, who leads my, uh, Bible study on Tuesday and Thursday morning. Mm-hmm. See, my friends are totally different than what everybody says. Uh, Alicia knows that Janet Blake and I are very good friends. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Our friend, who is our state farm agent, Dennis Roach and Cindy, are my friends. Amazing you know. people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I was the black. Well, uh, Janet and I were the black at concerts in the park <laughs> in, in Gas City. And they all thought I had joined the Gas City uh, chamber. Yeah. Because I did things with them. People who are interesting to me. Pam Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. Um. Jeff Daly, people, or Terry Stargell, people who are interesting to me and close to me, I'm friends with. Pat Winder, I basically am her um, daughter guardian while they're here because all of her kids are, the sons are in Florida and the daughters, one daughter's in Boston and another one is in Quebec. Yeah. And people see me with this old white lady, and she says, "Honey," and she'll say, "This is my daughter." Well, you know,
1: <laughs> what's wrong with that? Yeah,
2: yeah I'm Janet's white daughter, so uh-huh, you know there's no, that.
1: You know, people
3: are people with me. Yeah.
1: And I feel like what you're describing is the one thing that we always say um, about Marion and Grant County is literally like you can find that connectivity. You can find your village. You can find your people. And that is our most valuable asset that we have is our people. So thank you for sharing that. Um, Again, like we are so grateful that you've been here today. And I think we could talk all night long we literally (laughs) could talk all night long but thank you very very much for being with us well Um, thank you for inviting me yeah we've we've loved this time together and for those listening thank you so much for listening um we'll have a new episode next week so make sure you like and subscribe so you know when we're coming and we'll see you next time and thank you for
3: listening yeah Today's podcast was engineered by Kyra Montero
0: of Frequency Canvas.